This is a presentation of BSRN, Box Studios Radio Network. The Power Play Post Show is on the air, covering minor league hockey since 2003, and now covering the Binghamton Black Bears, with news, reactions, and in-depth interviews only heard here. And now, from the Box Studios in Kirkwood, New York, here is your host of the Power Play Post Show, Bob Howard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Power Play Post Show. This is the show for February 12th, 2024. This is season 13, episode number 22, and 407 of the long running podcast. It is the Power Play Post Show. I am your host, Bob Howard. Thank you very much for joining us here on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, we've got what I feel like is going to be a very interesting show. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we have three games that were just played. Uh, for the Binghamton Black Bears on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm recording this on Monday evening. As uh, everybody knows, the Super Bowl was yesterday, and I was planning on doing this on Sunday evening, but I decided to hold off until today. And uh, so now I'm doing this um, You know, Monday evening. I just finished recording an interview with the Binghamton Black Bear, and I'll let you guys know that is Nolan Egbert, goaltender for the Binghamton Black Bears. You'll hear that this upcoming Thursday on the Power Play Post Show. So I'm very excited to have that interview recorded and set up for this upcoming Thursday. Um, but yeah, so let's get right into it. The Power Play Post Show is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Just search Power Play Post Show on whichever platform you listen to your podcast and subscribe. Please join the Power Play Post Show Facebook group. If you're not already there, just go to Facebook and search for the Power Play Post Show and join. Uh, check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your Binghamton hockey information and curiosity. And on this edition of the Power Play Post Show, not only will we be talking about the three games and three nights, we'll still have six more questions with Dan Weber. And uh, so last week, great interview with Dan Weber. And we got six more questions with him. And you guys probably catching the theme on these six questions. Uh, but I think they're a lot of fun, and we're getting some interesting uh, information out of that from some of the players. So here we go. So three games in three nights that just happened. Two games in Motor City uh, with a split, a win on Friday night, 7-5, to five, and a loss on Saturday night, 3-1. to one. And then on Sunday, a loss in Elmira, Sunday, 6-3. to three. Now, as if you guys remember from... When I was talking last week, this is the toughest road trip. This is this is it. We go to Motor City twice. We then have to get to Elmira, play a one o'clock game after playing a six o'clock game. I think the game on Saturday night finished around eight twenty uh, eight thirty four, right around there. Give or take a half hour to get back into the locker room, start getting everything off, and maybe you're out of there by 10, 1030. Then you're heading towards Jamestown, New York, where they stopped over um, and uh, slept for about four or five hours uh, after getting checked in. And then you get something to eat, and then you head towards Elmira, which uh, from Jamestown is a about two hours and 40 minutes, depending on how the traffic is. And traffic usually from Jamestown to Elmira is not too bad, at least uh, the times that I've done that, which is not that many, but I know that stretch of uh, I-86 or 
you know, 17, and I know that it's uh, usually not too bad, at least uh, when you get into the more rural part of New York and that that section. Either way, so that's what they did. Um, there's a lot really to, to talk about here, so let's get into basically what happened on Friday, because Friday seemed to be the more successful of the the games, I guess you could say, so to speak. Um, so Connor McAnanima started obviously for the Binghamton Black Bears on Friday night and, uh, Ricardo, uh, Gonzalez started for the Motor City Rockers. So those were your two goaltenders of record. Um, Motor City started off uh, with uh, the first score of the game. Uh, Roman Gadet uh, scored 10 minutes and 15 seconds into the first period. Um, at that point, I was a little concerned that maybe the Black Bears were not getting off that fresh start. I did say that if you're going to win any game and have a successful weekend, you needed to win Friday. And I know that the weekend really wasn't as successful as I thought it could have been. Uh, but at least they did get this win. Uh, Black Bears came back with a goal from Gavin Yates at uh, 15.52. You go into the second period, 44 seconds in. The newcomer, Andrew Utero, he scores. Gavin Yates gets an assist on that along with uh, Tyson Kirkby. Uh, that was uh, even strength. Uh, Motor City then returns. This is the back and forth of this game. It was really just a back and forth game. On the power play, Motor City scores uh, Jamie Milan. Or, I'm sorry, Jameson. I, I hear he does not like to be called Jamie, so we'll call him Jameson. Uh, Milan, he scores on the power play, 837 into the second. In uh, just a couple of minutes later, a few minutes later, Gavin Yates gets his second goal of the game with an assist from Leon Anderson at 1156. Motor City then um, gets another goal. So we're now tied 3-3 from Ryan Rotundi um, at 16:31 mark. Binghamton ends the second period with a goal to go up 4-3 from Dakota Bond. Gavin Yates gets another assist. Uh, Tyson Kirkby also had an assist on that. So now we go into the third period. Okay, we go into the third period, and we're still scoring like there's no tomorrow. Um, Scott Coach uh, gets the Motor City Rockers back tied again at four. Um, that was at 7.08. Literally 22 seconds later, Jesse Anderson scores his fifth of the season, if I remember correctly. Um, at that point, Gavin Yates and Tyson Kirkby obviously gets the uh, the goal there. Now, Jesse Anderson was a D-man on Friday night and was moved to forward on Saturday. Uh, the Binghamton Black Bears then got another goal from Dakota Bond, power play. And and a power play two minutes later for the Motor City Rockers, uh, Julian uh, uh, Jonathan Giuliano he scores the power play goal at the thirteen thirty eight mark. That makes the game uh, six to five at that point. And then the Black Bears get their seventh goal of the game with a Dakota Bond hat trick uh, with the net pulled. It was an it was an empty netter. So a lot of goals, twelve goals in this game. Uh, the Black Bears wasn't their typical shots on goal kind of game. Uh, 11, um, 11 in the first period, 7 in the uh, second period, and 11 in the third period for 29. But Motor City outshot them 12, 13, 9, and for 34. 
Okay, Gavin Yates had two goals and three assists on the game. Dakota Bond had three goals. Um, so it was a it was a pretty interesting game, and I, and I think Tyson Kirkby uh, assisted on pretty much everything. Uh, one, two, three, four assists for Tyson Kirkby in the Friday game. Now the Friday game was what it was. There was a lot of goals. Uh, I don't think the goaltending was necessarily bad, but it wasn't necessarily great either. I could probably say that for the majority of the of the weekend. I'm not gonna, you know, say that you know any one goaltender could have done that much better, um, but it didn't. It felt like the team overall the whole weekend seemed to be a little off, and there was a lot of penalties, right? So even in this particular game here, just way too many penalties um, for both of both of the teams, really. Um, and 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 Motor City's not necessarily a high penalized team, and the Black Bears are generally. Whatever happens with other people. So 30 penalty minutes for both teams each. The Black Bears had five power plays and Motor City had 10 power plays. So really a lot going on there. Motor City had two power play goals. The Black Bears had one. All right. So that's that game, right? So let's move to the game that was a little bit more low, low scoring, but not necessarily going in the favor of the Black Bears. Motor City on Saturday wins 3-1. to one. Binghamton did score the first goal of the game, right? Austin Thompson scored 11-29 into the first period with a Gavin Yates assist and uh, Jesse Anderson with the assist. Both of those guys had really good weekends, to be perfectly honest with you. Then the Motor City Rockers scored three goals after that that were basically not touched by uh, the Binghamton Black Bears. In the second period, 12-20, George Holt scored. Uh, even strength. And then at 17-14, Thomas Delaney scored. Um, Thomas Delaney's had a pretty good series against the Black Bears. He's scored a few goals. He's been a part of a lot of the stuff going on uh, for them. And then in the third period, um, at the 140 mark, Motor City scores a power play goal. Adam Kuhn. Now, the interesting part of this game was at the end of the second period, Austin Thompson was trying to leave the the bench to go to the locker room. And he kind of jumped over and was going to skate out to the door. And the uh one of the co- uh, one of the uh, referees Milan I think it was uh basically put his hands on Austin Thompson was pushing him back. Brant Sherwood had words with uh, the referee, and then he got the boot, and not only got the boot, but also got a one-game suspension for it. I think at this point, um, the Black Bears head coach, Brant Sherwood, who I absolutely uh, love talking to, he there is they're watching him every single game, every single thing he does. They're looking for a way to punish him, and they're going to continue to do that. Um, if I, if, if Brant listens to this and I could offer him one piece of advice, don't give them a reason. Don't do anything. You know, it, I, I, I totally get it. I, I don't want referees touching my players. If, if that was me in your place, I wouldn't want that either. But at this point, they're watching you. Dave Jackson's watching you. Paul Jean's watching you, who was actually on the ice as one of the other referees. And Don Kernan's watching you. You know it. I know it. Don't give them. Don't bite. Don't don't give them that um, 
that opportunity to do what they did, which is, again, suspend him from a game, right? Uh, probably the only coach right now in the league that's been suspended more than once. And so just don't want to do that. But that happened in this game. Now, this game was a little bit more interesting in the sense that Binghamton outshot the Motor City Rockers 38-18, to 18, okay? Um, and they just couldn't get anything past uh, Trevor Babin. Trevor Babin was really, really, really good. Um, you know, without a doubt, he ha- he came back after being suspended for the one game that he missed on Friday night. And uh, Nolan Egbert, um, he played a decent game, right? You know, uh, when you're playing against Babin and you're seeing that few shots, Motor City only had five shots in the first period, nine shots in the second period, and four shots in the third period. And, uh, you know, Nolan saved 15 on 18 shots, right? So, Maybe not the best night for Nolan, but at the same time, I don't think things were going really good after, say, the third period of the first game on Friday for the Black Bears. Too many penalties. Uh, again, in this game, uh, you know, 15 penalty minutes for the Black Bears, 21 penalty minutes for the, uh, the, uh, the Motor City Rockers, right? So we definitely had uh, two teams that, you know, in two games – 51 penalty minutes for Motor City, maybe 45 penalty minutes for the Binghamton Black Bears. Uh, Still, you know, probably more than either team would like this far into the season. Um, Without a doubt, I think this is a game that uh, I think the Black Bears really, really probably when they left, they were thinking about that one a little bit, right? But that takes us to the the third game of the weekend, which happened on Monday, the or I'm sorry, on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, which the Chiefs and the 49ers probably put off one of the better Super Bowls we've seen in a very long time. And uh, so, congratulations to the Chiefs. I guess I really had no skin in the game and whatnot. So, sun, uh, so Sunday, February 11th. In Elmira, at first arena. And Binghamton starts off with a power play and gets a power play goal at the 240 mark, right? Sam Levici was in uh, the starter for this game for the Binghamton Black Bears. And Sammy um, Sammy Bernard was in goal for the Elmira River Sharks. The Austin Thompson scores again the first goal of the game, two games in a row, two days in a row. Right, this one on a power play with Jesse Anderson and Tyson Kirkby getting the assists. Uh, then in the late, a little bit later on, you had Elmira get a shorthanded goal um, from Satoris Karagorgias. That's probably wrong, and that's okay. I, and I'm not going to say his name as many times as it was uh, said here. So we're just going to go with SK scored for Elmira shorthanded. Then. Um, Marquise Grant Mentis scored 9.52 into the second period to make this a 2-1 game. Binghamton ties it up at the 18.04 mark with another Andrew Andrew Utoro uh, goal, right? So that's pretty good. So we we go into the third period, right? And the game is tied 2-2. And you think, okay, that's okay. We we can we can get through this. In the third period, 148 in, uh, Rasmus Asp scores for Almira. 
okay, fine, you're down three to two, no big deal. About 11 minutes later, uh, David Gallada, he scores on the power play. And then within like a minute and a half later, he scores again on the power play for the Elmira River Sharks. And all of a sudden, boom, this game is out, out there. It is now five to two. And uh, honestly, I, I you could see that they were gassed by the end of that. Then uh, with the extra attacker out there, Jesse Anderson scores a goal. Connor Smith, Tyson Kirkby get the assist on that. Uh, I think Kirkby scored, uh, got three assists on that uh, Sunday game in Elmira. Uh, So he assisted on all the goals. Then Elmira gets a um, another goal from Darius uh, Davidson at the 18-22 mark. um, That was an empty net goal. End of the game at six to three. In this game, there was unfortunately an incident that we're waiting to hear on. Gavin Yates uh, was getting a well at the same time that Austin Pickford got a penalty for holding, and he was basically hanging on to Gavin Yates. And some were saying that they witnessed a um, a Gavin Yates uh, are getting cross checked by Austin Pickford a few times. And then he may have kicked the knee of Austin Pickford um, in that frustration. He did get a kicking a, uh, a kicking a player match penalty, five minutes. That's an ejection and more than likely an automatic review for a suspension. Now, personally, if you go back, you cannot see it in the video that Amira had. Um, you can kind of see where Gavin Yates is, but you don't see the kick and everything. Now, sometimes they 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 review this, and the way they review this is that if there's alternate uh, camera angles that weren't shown on YouTube, they would go and uh, send that to the the league offices. Now, I heard that the league offices may have been closed today, um, so there is no 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 thing about uh, whether or not he got suspended. Now, later on in the game as well, there was a fight that um, Nikita Ivashkin was a part of. Um, and that he may have also been kicked uh, while during that fight while he was down. So we don't know, um, and we'll, we'll, it'll be interesting to see what the league does with this game. I expect Gavin Yates to probably get something uh, for what happened, uh, and that would be the second time that Gavin Yates, a veteran on this team, may have lost his cool and done something that may hurt the team in the future. So we've got to talk about that probably this upcoming Thursday once we know more. And it could put the Binghamton Black Bears two roster spots down going into Wednesday's game. So that'll be very interesting, uh, definitely for sure. This was a um, this was not the game that I was expecting to see from the Black Bears because if you want to use the excuse, and it's an excuse that the Black Bears played tired, that they had a long road trip. Well, then you really didn't look at the Elmira River Sharks and what they played and what they did. Because if you do, you'll see that on Friday they played at home against Danbury, then had to travel to Danbury, and then travel back to Elmira. Okay? So their travel was probably just as crappy as the Binghamton Black Bears. So they were in the same position. So we have to think about that for a second. So um, I just I just wanted to throw that out there. You know, you can blame the travel, you can blame the schedule, but the schedule was very similar. 
Okay. So I'm going to quickly just bring up the standings here real quick because I want to talk about something here in the standings. Uh, the Binghamton Black Bears are 24, 5, and 6 going into Wednesday's game against Elmira again. Um, Elmira, what's interesting about this, they've won three in a row. And that three in a row has, you know, put them into fourth place. They are now in a playoff position, and they can truly, truly fight for a playoff position right now. They got nine points on the weekend. They are now 13-22-0 with 37 points. That's one point better than the Watertown Wolves, and they've played the same amount of games as Watertown, same amount of games as Danbury. Danbury is only up on them by 11 points. So this bottom three in the Empire Division is a better bottom three than I would say the bottom two in the Continental Division right now. Okay, so I really truly mean that. And uh, the Empire Division, I think, is a, a, a better division. And what I mean by that, there's a little bit more parity. And When you look at Columbus, they're the top team in the league right now. They are playing as good now as the Black Bears were playing a month and a half ago, right? And the Black Bears are stumbling. And depending on how Wednesday game goes will depend on how my conversation on Thursday goes about the Black Bears, right? Because the Black Bears after that have 20 games left. They have 20 games to figure this out and, and, and get things righted. And I got to be honest with you folks, if you think about it, the Black Bears really started to falter right around when uh, Matthew Ballard left the team. It's kind of strange, right? Because you don't think of Matthew Ballard as being somebody who keep, keep you know keeps the gel of the team together, but it was right around that time period where um, he and um, one of the guys got called up. And and that really started this kind of like weird thing, Justin Samaro, right? So Justin Samaro, Matthew Ballard, they get called up the same week, and they haven't been back, right? And ever since then, we got Bryce Farrell. Bryce Farrell gets suspended after two games played for seven games, putting us down a man roster, right? So that affects the team. We bring in Jake Schultz. He gets injured. Donald Oliveri's didn't play this weekend. Now he doesn't travel. He's got uh, uh, can't travelitis, and uh, so that's that's. I mean, it's true, right? You know, you bring in a guy, he's that good. Donald Oliveri is a really good player. I keep saying that over and over again. So is Jake Schultz, but neither one of them traveled this weekend. Of course, Jake Schultz is on the IR for an upper body or a lower body injury. One of the two, right? But these are the guys you need. Because you don't have Stanko, you don't have Ballard, you don't have Samaro. Bryce Farrell came in, cost you seven games of a roster spot, right? You know, maybe maybe it was a bad call by the league, maybe. But all these things are starting to add up, and the team is starting to falter. You know, you get it. it it's just the way you got to look at it. And I'm sorry, those are the. Those are the facts. Those are the those are the truths, right? And you can look at it both ways. All right, so let's take a break, and let's talk to uh, Dan Weaver. Six more questions with Dan Weaver. We'll be right back, right here on the Power Play Post Show. You're listening to the Power Play Post Show.
Here is another Power Play Post Show interview exclusive with Bob Howard. We're back with uh, Dan Weber, and this is six more questions with Dan Weber. Uh, Dan, uh, you ready for this? I believe so. Let's see. All right. Now, question number one. To this point in your hockey playing career, what has been your greatest achievement? I think making it this far out of just making it to the professional league, even though it is the Fed, I'm happy to be here. This is an amazing team. Looking back at how I wasn't the best one in high school, wasn't the, didn't play on the best team in juniors, it wasn't the standout player in college, but just my personal goal of making it to the pro just was accomplished earlier this October, so I believe that's my biggest accomplishment in my hockey career. All right, cool. Question number two. Are you a Nintendo, Xbox, or PlayStation player, and what is your go-to game? Uh, I'm a I'm a PlayStation guy. Okay. I think anyone on the team could answer what game I'm going to say, but I'm a Fortnite guy. Okay. <laughs> I gotcha. play a lot of Fortnite. And uh, any particular uh, reason why Fortnite? Well, it's it was a free game, and I just, I don't know, fun free game for me. Cool, cool. All right, question number three. Are you a rock, country, or hip-hop uh, music lover, and who is your go-to artist? Uh, I would say I'm a hip-hop, and I would go Little Baby. Nice. Is my favorite hip-hop artist. Cool. Hey, if I remember correctly, you were one of the a few guys that actually wore a cowboy hat during the, the, the country night in Binghamton, correct? Yeah, so... Uh, Country is my also my second favorite, but it's more, it's like a summertime lake thing for me. So like in the winter, I'm just hip hop and rap, pretty gotcha. consistent. But then in the summer, sun, I'm a country guy. So gotcha. And that, yeah, just look at those photos the other today actually from the country night with the cowboy hat. It's all oh, funny. Yeah, well, and that's your that was your hat too, right? Or did you have to borrow? It was one? Connor Smith. I had to borrow one. So oh, I'm you not did. A real cowboy. No. <laughs> not like Connor is. Not like Connor is. Not like Connor. Okay, number four. Who is the funniest guy in the locker room? Um, I would have to go Gavin Yates. Really? Why is that? Yeah, he's is that guy. He's always just got a little remark that just makes me laugh, or he just he's. Just the guy that's always got the jokes, always laughing. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, one time I was walking, it was, it was after one of the games, and I was just in uh, Coach Sherwood's office, and I was walking out, and some guy started yelling at Brooksy, hey, what are you bringing somebody through the uh, locker room for? Come on, Brooks, what the hell? What the hell, right? And I, and I said to Brooks later, and I was like, who was that? He goes, oh, that was Connor McAnanima. He doesn't like me. He, he rags on me about everything and, and whatnot. And uh, he goes, he, he chirps a lot. So is, is that true, Connor Mack? Does he chirp a lot? Oh, yeah, he does. He lets you know when you're around him. Whether you're he's in net and you're just skating behind the net, he'll let you know. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Get away from here. <laughs> Must not have slept good last night or whatever he says. He's, he's letting you know you're, you're around him. That's funny. That's funny. All right, number five. Uh, what is your go-to cheat meal or snack that you would say is not your normal diet, something that's not in your normal diet that you might go to when you want to have a cheat, uh, cheat food or cheat meal? My biggest go-to snack is like you take a slice of cheese mm-hmm. and you put a pickle in and then wrap it up and then just eat the pickle and cheese. Okay, that's got to be something from Minnesota, isn't it? I don't know. It's weird. It's yeah, it's just something. Just a slice of cheese wrapped around a pickle, cheese and pickle. That's just the weirdest thing I've ever. I'm gonna eaten have. And then, 
Yeah, I'd recommend it. But... I'm going to have to try it. Okay. So number six. Now, this one, don't think too hard about this. This is a, this is a pretty simple question. A, a zombie outbreak has happened, and you're locked in a... Uh, ice hockey arena, right? So any arena in the world, you're you're stuck in there. Who is the one person, dead or alive, that you would want in there with you during a zombie outbreak? Dead or alive? Yeah, it could be anybody. All right. Huh. Um, <laughs> this is a tough one. I can't. Nah. Off the top of my head, I, I would go... Oh. Definitely want just maybe I'll go bring Josh Fletcher. Why is, right now. Why is that? You've mentioned Josh yeah. Fletcher a few times. Why Josh? What What is it about you and Josh that you guys get along so well for? He's been my roommate since day one, and I don't know we're just two peas in a pod. It's funny being with him. He's a smart, nice guy. Don't tell him I said that, but <laughs> he's <laughs> he's a fun guy to be around for sure. Awesome. I just think I think we could battle through the apocalypse together. Excellent, excellent. And that was six more questions with Dan Weber. We'll be right back right after this, right here on the Power Play Post Show. you're a Binghamton hockey fan, then you need to check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your news, stats, information, the Binghamton Hockey Hall of Fame, top 10 lists, profiles, and so much more. That's BinghamtonHockey.net. You're listening to the Power Play Post Show. And welcome back, everybody, to the Power Play Post Show. That was Dan Weaver. I very much enjoyed getting to know Dan Weaver, and I hope you did too. And, uh... Obviously, I'm going to have to have Josh Fletcher on this show because Dan Weber is a big fan of Josh Fletcher. All right, so to follow up uh, the last part of the the, the weekend games, uh, this was the first win in Motor City for the Black Bears as the franchise did not win in Fraser, Michigan last year. Uh, still 3-1-0 versus the Rockers with only one more game left on Saturday, March 30th, near the end of the season. Um, Elmira was on a winning streak, beating Danbury twice before beating the Black Bears on Sunday. There, I got a three-game winning streak. And by the way, if you don't know, the Columbus River Dragons are on a 13-game winning streak. Uh, Best team in the league right now, have not faltered at all this year. Uh, Binghamton plays Elmira on Wednesday. That is in just a couple days, completing a four-games-and-six-game stretch before having the next nine days off. And I believe... The Elmira River Sharks are actually playing like six games in nine days. They they have a really sick uh, schedule that they're uh, uh, doing right now. But they've won their last three. So, and honestly, depending on what happens with Gavin Yates, the status of Gavin Gavin Yates with suspension looming, we'll we'll talk more about that on Thursday's show. But. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Does he get suspended for a long period of time? Do they review it and not find that he did a match penalty quality thing? Maybe it's just one game for the kick, you know, Um, and that type of thing. If it's only one game, that might be good, but it really depends. I know this league is trying to look at these things and um, trying to set examples, right? And obviously, uh, you know, they, they might look at Gavin and they just might look at Coach Sherwood's team right now. They have 
there is a I would have to say, unfortunately, there is probably a perception about Gavin Yates' team. Now, I do want to pay a special thank you to Taylor Welch. Taylor and Jeremy went out to Motor City, and then they were in Elmira, and they were feeding me some information at the rink um, about the game. I was watching both games, but you know they're kind of looking inside. So Taylor was kind of like our correspondent. I really want to thank her for that. Now, she also just made a post on the Binghamton Black Bears fan page, and I wanted to bring this up because I found it very interesting. Um, so here, in our first seven games against Amara, we've we've both had 74 penalty minutes, okay? So she basically started breaking down penalty minutes, who had what and everything. And I thought this was a great thing to, to bring up and talk about. So you should go to the Binghamton Black Bears fan page and look at Taylor's post uh, from about an hour ago on Monday um, – and, and take a look at it. In our first seven games against Elmira, we both had 74 penalty minutes. In our 13 games against Danbury so far, which means we have five more games against Danbury, we've had 91 penalty minutes to their 93. Our seven games against Watertown, we've had 46 penalty minutes to their 76. So 46 to 76. As we all know, there was the one game where Tate Leeson and Trevor Ford, they they really racked up some penalty minutes, some 10-minute uh, minute penalties. Uh, four games against Carolina, we had 36. They had 31. Uh, four games against Motor City, and most of those against Carolina had to be in that one kind of blowout crazy game that we had that we lost down there. Uh, four games against Motor City, we've had 29 to their 31. Uh, the the rest that we've seen the most of, I'm not going to go over that because she just puts up the numbers and everything. Um, this is how many times players have had penalties. Now, this is interesting. I didn't expect this, right? And I actually talked about, about this with Taylor a little bit beforehand. 15 penalties for JT Walters. Boulard had 21. He hasn't been with us for about six or seven games now. Dean Weber's had 19 penalty minutes. Uh, Gavin Yates has had 18. Fletcher has had 17. Ivashkin, Thompson, and Logar have had 15. Samaro um, and Bond. Actually, I, I read that wrong. Ballard has had 21. 19 for Weber. 18 for Yates and Fletcher. 17 for Ivashkin, Thompson, and Logar. 15 penalty minutes or 15 penalties. The amount of penalties, uh, Samaro and Bond, 13 penalties for Kirkby, 12 for Smith and Oliveri, right? I'm surprised with Oliveri. He hasn't played as many games and he's had 12 penalties. Uh, nine for Mac Lewis, eight for Bond or Bone, depending on who you're listening to, and Anderson and the Andersons, both Andersons. Actually, it's eight for both Andersons. Uh, seven for Jessel who's not on the team anymore, five for Coach. So Coach Sherwood has had five penalties, which is crazy. Uh, Thomas Ray has also had five. Um, Jake Schultz has only had four, but he hasn't been here that long. Farrell, only three. Uh, Stone with only three. Uh, Uturo, new guy with only one. Levecchi with only one. And Stinko with only one, uh, which is interesting. I find this very, very interesting, right? I did not expect JT Walters 
to have had 25 penalty minutes. Now, a lot of those have had to be the two-minute varieties. And without a doubt, I would imagine that he kind of racks up there in the penalty minutes because he does lead the team in penalty minutes. JT Walters does, I think, with 82. But you got to remember, he also had that one game where he got like two 10-minute misconducts. So, you know... There's that as well. I just find that very interesting. Thanks for Taylor for putting those numbers together because I think those numbers, you know, kind of tell a story maybe about how a player is playing or maybe how they react, right? And one of the things that we can certainly say is that sometimes Binghamton does not react well when things are going bad. And that's something that has to change if they want to win a championship. I'm telling you right now, just because a guy cross-checks you four times, you got to look at that referee and see if that referee is actually calling a penalty minute. You know what I mean? Uh, because if he is, you don't want to react. you got to start thinking about the future and not about what's happening in the present when you're in the games. I, I know that's tough to say. I know it's easy for me to say tough for them to do, but that's really what it comes down to. So uh, I just wanted to bring that up and everything. So that's it. Um, tough weekend. You know, only three points, possible nine. We go. We, we kind of square up with Motor City. They didn't gain anything. We didn't lose anything, really. So, you know, they got three. We got three. First two-game regulation losses in a row for the Binghamton Black Bears. You know, realistically, they've only got five on the season, five regulation losses. That's not horrible. You can't you can't beat them down, but there are definitely things that need to get fixed. First, got to get through the game in Elmira, possibly without Gavin Yates, uh, and possibly being down two roster spots. You get Bryce Farrell coming back after that. The Black Bears also have nine games off coming up, right? Or nine days coming up, nine days off coming up. So there's that to think about. I think there's definitely, I am going to be at the rink probably on the 20th, which is a Tuesday, and hopefully be able to, um, you know, talk to a couple more of the Black Bears and get some, maybe some interviews for the show and be around practice. And I'm also going to probably talk to Dylan, the equipment manager, and get a, a segment recorded with him as well because I really want to bring his stuff to him. Thank you. Dylan, if you're listening to this, Dylan, thank you so much for sending me the video, talking to me so early in the morning, because I know he probably got almost no sleep, probably less sleep than than the players, honestly. The, the kid had so much to do. Uh, dry out. First of all, if you're a hockey parent, you know what it means to have pads, jerseys, equipment drying somewhere in your house or maybe in the garage um, and everything um, because you didn't want to smell up the house. But imagine having all that hockey equipment inside of a hotel on a floor somewhere, just everywhere. And that was crazy. And I don't know if Dylan really got truly any sleep. He said he got a few hours. I don't know if that's true. I don't, I, I don't know. I know. Maybe there's no way it was good sleep. He probably slept really good Sunday night. He probably didn't even watch the Super Bowl. I, I guarantee you if I, if I message him right now, he'll say he did not stay up the whole night for the Super Bowl. But either way. So that's it for this uh, show. I'll be back on Thursday. We got Nolan Egbert on, on the show to, to talk to us and everything. So that's very cool. Our weekend wrap-up show uh, next Sunday, if I do one, because the guys aren't going to play, we'll be talking about um, possibly maybe the Elmira game. No, the Elmira game I'm going to cover on Thursday's show anyways. So we'll see what happens uh, for next Sunday's 
show as there is no um, no no games to talk about. But we'll see. Maybe we'll have a guest. Maybe I'll record with another guest before then. So either way, uh, thanks for listening, everybody, to the Power Play Post Show. Glad to have you on. Glad to have you aboard and listening. I appreciate it. Let's see how they do on Wednesday versus the Elmira River Sharks. And I am Bob Howard. I am your host. Thank you for listening to the Power Play Post Show. And I didn't read my final stuff like I normally do. The Power Play Post Show is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Just search Power Play Post Show on whichever platform you listen to your podcast and subscribe. Please join the Power Play Post Show Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and search for the Power Play Post Show and subscribe. Please check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your Binghamton Hockey information and curiosity. And thank you to Rob Lopolis, our MC, John Petitucci, our musical director, and Binghamton Black Bears defenseman Dan Weber for answering six more questions with Dan Weber. Um, on our February 15th show, we'll be talking with our second Binghamton Black Bears netminder, Nolan Egbert. I am Bob Howard. Thank you very much for listening. for listening to this edition of the Power Play Post Show. Be sure to tune in next week to the Box Studios Radio Network for all the latest Black Bears news and interviews from around minor league hockey. The Power Play Post Show would like to thank John Patitucci for all the music you hear on the show. You've been listening to the Power Play Post Show.